Hello, ladies. Let's perch. Welcome to another episode of the She's Free to Fly podcast. And today we have the Maxinator, the wonderful Miss Maxine Fredericks. I am so happy that you decided to join us today. Y'all, we're going to get into some. The conversation right here, you don't want to miss. Like, you really, really don't want to miss. It's something that you are going to rewind and come back to. And so, Miss Maxie, I welcome you to She's Free to Fly. I am so blessed and so thankful that you decided to join me here at Pretty Purr. And should say hello to the people, man. Well, hello, audience. And I am delighted to be here. And so, uh, one of the things that you said to me earlier um, was that I asked you a question, why? And you said, why not? Right. So, why not would I not be here? Because we are free to fly. We are free to fly. And we're going to fly so many places. And and, uh, you're just, you're such a delightful person. I I met you probably about 10, 10, 11 years ago. And I, you were, I was motivated by you. Uh, I loved your story. And you just have such a warm, authentic personality. So I'm just, I'm delighted that you invited me. I had no idea that this was going to happen. And so I'm glad I got the opportunity and um, just want to be able to share with everybody. All right. Well, we're going to learn about the journey of becoming the vaccinator and how we can maximize on our own lives. So let's get it started. You know, people think you fall off, but it's just falling back. And, you, you know, God, he's so amazing because he, we just have to be patient. He knows what he's doing. And we have to just kind of wait on him and allow him to do it in his way. And we try to do it in our own way. And it doesn't work that way. There's, there's a time to be quiet. There's a time to be quiet. There's a time for everything. And I'll give them people time work. Because the time you give them just might not be God. Yeah. And we don't, we never, never really know what goes on. And, going on in somebody's life you know like we're always assuming from our perspective but we don't know what's actually going on you just don't i have i have so i'll tell you i have this friend and um she just kind of fell off Mm -hmm. she fell into some hard times she fell off and you know i'm always feeling like because she was my friend she is my friend this is just not the time in the season for us to be together. Mm-hmm. So I need to let that go. <laughs> you know, and, and let God work it out because he's still working out. Because time nor space changes the relationship between mutual real friends. It does Nor space, I'll tell people that yeah. I can love anybody from a distance the same way I love them seems like or hates to me. Exactly. Now, that's for real. Exactly. And when you're loving them from a distance, that means that you are praying for them. That means that you are you know like you don't allow your heart to go in a different direction just let your heart continue to keep going the way it's supposed to go and not that it's easy but you're beautiful you i'm just sitting here looking at you and like you're just beautiful you're glowing you are cool shining your light on thank you lord for shining your light on us thank you thank you and i'm driving here like i'm thinking like Okay. And, you know, all these things that I should not have been thinking about. And then I just like, I started because I, I read this prayer and it was, uh, I thank you, Lord, that when I found you, I found love. Help me to seek you daily, to wait patiently for you and to listen. It just said, listen, but I add the obey part in it to your instructions. And I just kept seeing it over and over. It's like, don't even think about what's going to happen. And, I mean, it just changed my whole persona. It was like, yeah. it was just food for my soul that I needed before I got here. That is it. That's it. I was just having a conversation about what's your artist. It's, it's not that. It's what does God give you to give? I just started saying that. It was like, so uh, how can I love, like, how can I love my husband? Yeah. Like, it's gone through some challenges, some health challenges. But how can I love them? Mm-hmm. How can I love my girlfriend that's going to cast them? How can I love all of these people? And it's not going down the line. And how can I 
bring something to this conversation today? Just bring it a little bit. You, to me, are the epitome of self-love, pushing through, perseverance, and giving it all you got while you got it. Okay, Lord, help me to be that. <laughs> help me be that. Those are great. That's those are great things to hear from somebody. And to be that is not that you are all that. Even if I say that for me, I'm not all that all the time. Mm -hmm. But to show up and give it your best self. That's a, that's that's a great great compliment. Thank you. I received that and I receive it from the bottom of my heart and it's just going to propel me to, to to move forward and be in that and be that. So thank you. Yes. Thank you. I mean, God knows what you need when you need it and I needed that. You know, something that you said earlier that just like, it just stirred my soul and it resonated so much because I see that as a people, mm -hmm. that we are moving toward being economically and mentally free. Mm -hmm. And that, you know, like I just long to see the day when we get it together and it's coming, mm -hmm. that we are doing the things that were meant for us to do mm -hmm. because we're no longer in bondage. We're, mm -hmm. we, we're just freeing ourselves. You know, there are, there are you know, I have friends that are still kind of bound, but that's just where they're supposed to be. But I just see so many of our young people just coming out and just doing those things that that so many people fought for us to be able right. to do. Right. And not just on a, you know, a scale here in America. I see that it's happening, you know, like all over the world. And I, I see that the... I, I, I truly understand now the roots of being from Africa mm -hmm. and and the importance of the richness and all the blessings that God gave us there. And that's where we started and that's where he started us. Right. That's where the world started, really. Right. And he's just just slowly but surely just opening our, our eyes and opening our hearts right. to be able to accept what he has for us and to be able to use it fruitfully forgetting about the past, but moving forward to the future so that right. everybody benefits. Right. Just to, yeah. because we can do it. Oh, absolutely. And it doesn't take what we thought. It no, take. no. And it's not the things that do it. No, no. It's not. It's all in here. It's yeah. the love. It's, it's the love. Yeah. And connecting with love and leading different types of love mm -hmm. and the exchange of love. Right. Right. And I remember, so you stay in St. Thomas Is it? Yeah. I'm going back next week. So how often do you go back and forth and how does that work? Uh, and I ask because my ultimate goal, I don't know why I say Costa Rica right now, God might have something else planned, mm -hmm. but I won't stay here mm -hmm. permanently. I hear you forever. Right. right. I, won't. I wasn't meant to. Yeah. So I, that's why I can. Okay. Um, I, I only, the reason, well, I, tr I try to stay there as much as I can. It is, I'll have to show you pictures, but when I wake up in the morning, you know, I'm looking at the ocean. And there's a peace there, you know, it's one morning I woke up and I was, I was sitting outside. I got a, this little exercise space that I have. And it was like, yea, though I walk through the valley in the shadow of death, I'll feel no evil because God is with me. Mm -hmm. But he maketh me to lie to on green pastures. And when I look around, there's nothing but green surrounding me. Right. And then he leads me besides the water. And then there's the ocean. The ocean goes so far from where I'm sitting that the ocean and the sky meet. Hmm. And it's, it, it, I, I could have never, ever imagined God having me there, blessing me to be there and to have this experience. I, it, right. You know, I think about being a kid and growing up and then going through the things that I've gone through that never was a vision for me. And as, as a matter of fact, um, I was in St. Thomas doing Irma and Irma, not Maria, but I was there by myself. Mm -hmm. 
doing Irma. The house got pretty much totally destroyed. Mm -hmm. I was in the house by myself and, you know, laying there on this couch. And God is, you know, like I didn't have any fear. God was just protecting me. And at one point I wanted to get up and go to one of the apartments. And the door wouldn't open. You just can't see And so I went back and I got on the couch. I mean, all my stuff was just because I was... We had a, a, a master bedroom, but the master bedroom had an upstairs and a downstairs. The downstairs was like a space like this that okay. we just used for rec and for office space. And when the roof went, and the water just came and it was just coming down. It's all around me. Things were moving. You know, I had my little personal things there on the couch. That was all I had and myself and a cover to, you know, to keep, you know, kind of warm. And I woke up the next morning. I tried to get up and get out because I wanted to go to the other space because I thought it would have been safer. Mm -hmm. The door would not open. I get up the next morning after the hurricane is passed, the door opened. But I wasn't supposed to go because there was so much flying debris, so mm -hmm. many projectiles, and that was a protection. And also the apartment, the ceiling that come down in the, in the other apartment, the only place I would have been safe was in the bathroom, and I didn't even know if, you know, that mm -hmm. would have been safe. Mm -hmm. But that was the day before I was getting ready to put the house on rental because I and years ago I had always thought that when the kids had left what I was going to do is I was going to turn the house into a bed and breakfast this is important. so you're originally from St. Tom mm -mm, I'm from Florida okay I'm from Florida I in 1975 I, I was in really a very abusive okay and I bought a one-way ticket and I had three kids at that time I had mm -hmm. bought a one-way ticket with the intention that I was going to take the three kids. My husband actually took the youngest kid, which was a nine-month-old son. And so I, I knew that I had to go. And and, I, and and God just gave me a piece. It's like, it's going to be all right. You, you'll get your son back. You just need to go. So I picked up the two kids and bought a one-week ticket and moved to St. Thomas. I didn't know anywhere. I had never been there before. I had absolutely no idea where I was going to do what was going to happen. But that was, wow. that's what I did. Wow. And I just started, God just guided me and, you know, helped me to start life. But I always had in my mind that, you know, like I wanted to build this house and then I was going to make it a vacation build. This was before Airbnb ever came to be. And he just orchestrated it in a way which I thought I was going to be like in my little white shorts and pants going to the airport, picking up my guests and back home and fixing breakfast. And that wasn't his plan either. He provided me with a property manager. Uh -huh. I paid this guy over a year and didn't have one guess. Wow. I don't even know how. I don't know where the money came from. I have no clue. Before I had my very first guest. And the house was, I mean, it was in disarray. Right. I, we had to pretty much reconstruct it from top to bottom. Wow. A brand new roof. Uh, all, every piece of tile had to come It out. is possible. Thank you. It is possible. It is possible for me to build a home somewhere else. Oh, absolutely. It is possible. Absolutely. And, and I have lots of friends and that go back and forth. They live in the Virgin Islands, go back and forth from Costa Rica. One of the places I want to go to. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. But yeah. I was, it, when I tell you it's possible, it's possible. Then the house that I built, my husband and I built, is the house that I drew when I was a kid that I walked around with in in my bag and my purse for years. That's the manifestor. Yeah, that's the So, yeah, he does, you know, and you don't think about these things until you sit down and you're having these conversations, right? Like you said, like, it's not like this every day. But when you sit down and you start having the conversation, you think about his goodness. Oh, my gosh. He's just he's undescribable. He really is. Yeah. So what was life like in St. Thomas with two small children? Uh, it actually was, it was, listen, I, I didn't have a, I, I, I didn't know anybody. I had never been there before. I get off the plane and I'm at the taxi stand and a taxi driver says, where you going, miss? I don't know. I said, I bought a one-way ticket. I have my kids. Um, I kind of left my husband because he was in an abusive relationship. He said, don't worry, man. Get in the car. 
he puts me in the car, me and the kids. We only all that we had was a footlocker. That's all we had. And and we had like my um my son's a nine month old. We had his um uh, peppers. Okay. Because you were going to bring, because I was going to bring him, right? Yeah, right? And it's funny because we used to sit down and smell the pampers and just like, cry and think about it. So he takes me to this guest house, and he tells the lady at the guest house, he starts to tell the story, and I start telling my story. And she said, no worry, don't worry, wait a minute. She gets on the phone, and she calls her cousin, and she tells her cousin that I needed a babysitter. This was on a Sunday night. Okay. She says, I need, a, you know, I need a babysitter. And she was going to bring me the next day to her. And she didn't, because I said, okay. I mean, I went to, we went to bed. We got up the next morning. She took me to her cousin's place. Mm-hmm. So now I have a babysitter. Not only have a babysitter, I have two babysitters because she had a cousin. Then they lived together in this space. Right. And so so I had a babysitter for right. the kids because I, you know, I had to figure out how I'm going to get, get a job, how I'm going to get, you know. And... So we, I, the kids and I left there. This is a Monday, Monday morning. And then I went to the unemployment office. So there's a park across the street from the unemployment office. And I sent the kids in there, you know, I gave them a talk. Don't talk to nobody. Don't go anywhere. Now, at this time in 1975, St. Thomas was like it was probably in 1950 here. I wanted to be quiet. So I sent the kids in the park. I go over to the unemployment office. Nobody but me and the lady who was running the unemployment office. And so I sit down and I tell her my story. And I tell her, you know, I said, I got, I got two kids. They're over in the park. I left them over there. And I can always, in my mind, I always see her when I told her my story. And slow, it looked like she was in slow motion. She turned around. She had this red pocketbook. And she picks up the pocketbook. I, you know, I could just see her in slow motion. And she picks up, she put on her arm, and she said, let's go. She gets up. We get the kids from the park. We get in her car. She drives me up this place called Blackbeard's Hill, Bluebeard's Hill, mm-hmm. to this hotel. So we go in the hotel, and she goes to the general manager's office, and she is talking to his administrative assistant. Mm-hmm. And she tells her my story. And as she begins to tell her my story, the woman said, no, 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 wait a minute. She said, come, let's go. So we now go to the reservation office. There's a black girl who's running the reservation office. She was from D.C. She had just moved to St. Thomas herself, too. And um, she says, oh, you have to give her this job. She said, we need her and she needs this job. And she, you know, so they tell the whole story. And then after that, now I've got a babysitter. I got a job because my initial plan was I was going to teach, but the teachers, when I got there, the teachers were on strike. So like, what am I going to do now? So you were a teacher before? Yes. Yes. I was already a teacher. Phys ed. Hey. Yeah. All right. Life is coming together. I get it. So you were teaching physical. Okay. Yeah. I was teaching. I was teaching in Florida. I I taught in uh, Florida in different places. But when I left Tampa, I was there. Actually, I was teaching. Okay. All right. So my thing was when I got there, mm-hmm. oh, life's going to be okay because I'm going to get this teaching job. Mm-hmm. But I didn't get it because the teachers were on strike. Okay. So like, where do, you know, how do you, what do you do? Sorry. So that's why I was in unemployment. Okay. And so now I got a babysitter. Now I have a job. Mm-hmm. Not only do I have a job, but I didn't have to work. And I didn't really have any money. I think I had five. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, for 25 cents and 25 cents was just a tip I could eat lunch at the hotel every day right and so we get back in the car and we're going back down the hill and I'm thinking she's going to drop me but then she takes me to this apartment complex building so she goes in the, the apartment complex the, the apartment complex was situated so that there was a fabric store below and the apartments were up, up above so you would go through this little gate, go up the stairs and go to the apartment. Okay. And so she's talking to the guy there mm-hmm. and she's telling him my story. And he says, oh, no, 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 no worry. We got an apartment right here upstairs. This is before five o'clock. And I got your spirit. Going. 
I didn't even have to speak for myself. You see, I'm in sheer amazement. I'm like to anybody who's listening and can't see, I am just in sheer shock and amazement and I'm in awe of God's power and your obedience and your perseverance and your presence because you have to have a certain presence and a certain energy for people to receive you exactly. and want to help you. Right. Yeah. That is that that is necessary. And I come from I tell you a friend, but I come from a rain, rain, rain. I mean, I'm praying two o'clock in the morning, three o'clock in the morning on her knees, not getting up. So, I mean, praying to the, she had a plastic bottle that she had cut the top of where she would, and when she, that's the kind of mother that's, that I, that I grew up with. I mean, we lived in a, in a neighborhood, we live in a neighborhood where you could walk up the steps and walk right into her house. She'd never locked her door. She never walked her door. Nobody ever in the neighborhood, nobody ever in the neighborhood would even think about coming in the house because if they came in the house, all she would do is say, let's pray. Because everybody came in the house, you had to pray. Everybody. So she released me back to God to let him do, let him right. do his work. Let him show me what kind of work he can actually do in your life. That's right. That's right. That's right. I tell people. Yeah. My baby does not belong to me. She belongs There's to God. I gave yeah. her to God a long time ago. Yeah. Yeah. I was worrying about my son last night. I was like, what you worry about him for? You already prayed. You you prayed for him before he even got here. Lord, catch him when they fall. Then he go. Just catch him. Yeah. They're going to be all right. And so now, 5 o'clock, I got a, I got a babysitter for my kids. And if I go to work, day. I got there Sunday. This is Monday before 5 o'clock. I have a job, a job, a babysitter, two babysitters, yes, and an apartment. And a, they don't have no furniture in it, but that's okay, because in our suit, in our little uh, a footlocker, we had blankets, and that's what we slept on. We were fine because we were safe. We weren't in an environment where it was cold. The weather was beautiful, and I would get up in the morning, drop the kids at the babysitter because I hadn't gotten them in school yet. Drop them at the babysitter. And I could walk the work. It was like a 15-minute walk up a hill. And when I tell you, it was so, I could smell every smell, all of the nature. Everything was green, bougainvilleas, hibiscus, just walking up that hill. I walk up there every day, walk back down every day. I would wash my clothes that I had on because I probably only had like two or three outfits. I would wash them every night, hang them out on the, on the porch. Let them get dry, wear them the next day, you know. And I was so happy. And you were at I was, peace. I was at peace. I no longer had to, I have to worry about my back. No longer did I have to worry about the beatings. No other. Like, it was like this was happening. And it really is happening. When you live like that, it's happening. Yeah. So I finally eventually got the kids in school. And the the husband and wife that owned the fabric store mm-hmm. when the kids got out of school they would go to the fabric store and they babysit my kids every afternoon for over like two years they would make them get their homework done they were in a, like a safe environment I mean to this day whenever they just like where are the kids what's going on right it was, they were they were part of their family, yeah. and they just and they kept those kids. And it was it was just unreal. It's unbelievable what God can do, and you know, like they don't you know, like sometimes you when you have to wait, you you're not waiting you're not waiting because He doesn't have a plan for you, right? You just it's not what He has ready for you at that moment. Because if he could do all of that in one day, if he can do all of that in one day, one day, what can he, what can he not do? And and so the lady who got me the job, I registered it. If I need to go back to it, if God can do all of that in one day, if God can provide housing, safety, support, financial, in one day, what can he not? Yeah. Okay. And then the lady who who took me there, her name was Angie. Um, she every now and then I would go home, and then there's this big basket of fruit and provisions 
that she would just leave it in front of the door for us. It's just amazing. See how people don't thank God, Rhea. Oh. I don't understand how some people do not believe in God. Really. Yeah. And then later on, her sister actually was principal of the school where my daughter went. Okay. Right? And not only that, my husband's mother, they actually migrated from the British Virgin Islands to St. Thomas. My husband's mother came on the boat with them the first time they came from the British Virgin Islands to St. Thomas to live. Really? Full circle. Full circle. Wow. So your children are pretty much in their native land. They don't, my kids, they knew they grew up at St. Thomas. This is where they grew up. This is what they know. They don't know, they did not know life growing up in the States. Right. They did come back. My daughter came back and she spent, she graduated from high school here because she was with my mom and my, my dad. Okay. And my son spent like two years with my mom okay. and uh that's what they know of but right now my son is in st thomas all of his friends my all my kids my son's friends right they're the same friends that they have from elementary school that's how the bond is in an on an island yeah. you know you get you know you grow up with these people you know them yeah. and it's so small because everybody knows everybody that that's that's the bond that they have, and they'll always have that bond. So the same friends that they had, or if they were, uh, if they happened to meet them some other place, and they realized that they were from there, then there's another bond. That they, and I mean, I'm telling you, there's there's a, there's more crime than it used to be, but that's kind of like how the world is. But you didn't have to lock your door. On a Sunday, there was nobody on the street. People walked. Well, people walked to church, okay. walked back home. Mostly, there were very few cars. Right. There was no, there's no major highways. There was none of that going on. Imagine getting me somewhere else. I want to go to St. Paul. Oh my God, you have to come. So every year, every year, the, the week of December, the, like the second week of December, what we do is we open the house for family and friends. Okay. So we do it complimentary. Okay. So it's like a ten day stay, and it's like a come first, come first serve. So what happens is that we invite people, the first people who say they're going to come, we don't know who they're going to be. Me and Mariah Jackson are coming. <laughs> we are on the list. Mariah, I'm signing us up. Okay. Family, going to be gone the first week of December. All right. Well, I, well, okay, because uh, I have another friend, Sandra Jackson. She wants to bring her daughter. Okay. And then I have another friend who says she's coming. But we just, like, the first people that sign up and oh, say they have their tickets and, and we... And it is it has worked out so beautifully because what happens is that there's a connection with people who don't even know each other. Right. And the most crazy, what, craziest thing. My girlfriend, Tanera, she taught me one of the, I think, one of my greatest lessons about meeting people, setting a table, and coming to a table. Mm -hmm. Or deciding not to go to a table. Mm -hmm. And that is everybody who's supposed to be at the, the table, table would be at the table. Yeah, at the table. Everybody's just supposed to be at the table. One of her greatest Yeah. But, I mean, it's like, it's our way of, like, giving back because I had no idea that I would have been blessed to have this space. Wow. Not in my wildest dreams. And I always say that I wanted to give back to what, everything that God gave me, I want to make sure that I, I, I could. You've taken me to some full circle moments. Okay. I remember being a little girl. Mm -hmm. And... My brother's father was in the military, and um, so we stayed in Columbus, Fort Dix, the base, and stuff mm -hmm. like that. And so the military families would be close and stuff. And I remember there was a Hispanic lady and her children, and I couldn't have been no more than, my brother wasn't even born, so I'm going to say maybe five or six. Mm -hmm. And like this is literally one of my earliest memories. Um, there was a lady who came and lived with us, and her name was Angie. Oh, okay. Her name was Angie. Why more? Wow. And since then, like, my mother has always allowed people to come and stay. When mm -hmm. I was growing up, people always came and stayed in my mm -hmm. house and stuff. Um, even since I've been in this house, there have probably been about 10 people who have come and lived. Wow. Doing yeah. some part of their life. Yeah. Because that's, that's what we know. That's what like, that's community. That's love. That is, especially like if one of my daughter's friends come, baby, this is home. You're fine. Yeah. This yeah, is a safe place. Yes. 
this is a safe place and I always want people to feel safe yeah. because I know what it feels like to not feel safe. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I know what it feels like to not feel safe. I know what it feels like to not know if my mother's going to live the next day. Like, I know what that feels like. So, if anything, I believe love safe. Yeah. And so, what happens usually during that 10-day that, that period is it's usually my birthday. So, I always get a chance to celebrate my birthday. And, and we, you know, we invite our local friends from the island to come and have, you know, spend that time with us and it's it's so funny because people they go out and shop you know like they kind of buy their own little stuff and then the next thing you know everybody's fixing food for everybody else so we have a main house and we have an apartment and then we have the space where i told you that the hurricane Uh uh, messed up we i made that into an apartment for just my husband and i actually there have been times when there were four of us in there it's probably the size of this it probably not even bigger struggle, right? But we been in there. We my son was just there last night, and it's just that's just how you know. I've always wanted it to be because I didn't grow up with a family. I didn't have like a mom and dad, and that was the one thing that I really okay. And um, that's the one thing that in my heart was I always wanted to have a family. Okay. And then God blessed me with the family. And sometimes I'm not as grateful as I should be. <laughs> but I, yes. I have a family, but I also have a family, a friend mm-hmm. that is second to nothing. Yeah. And we get yeah. to create our family. Yes, we do. We and do. Just be so yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And all kin folks are not skin folks. That's right. That's right. You just never know who God's going to put in your life. And He puts the right people in your life for the right reasons. Right. And it, it makes you want to be a better friend. It does. California. I went and got some breakfast, and I'm looking on my ring doorbell. This flower was getting delivered. I have some like, who sent it today? Today, oh, and it was it was her sending me flowers. I'm like, oh, 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 oh yes, yeah, yeah. So thankful to be loved. Yes, and I'm, I want to take more opportunities. Yes, me too, me too. And you know, and I keep telling myself over and over, actually, it has to start right in your house. Right. It, that's where, because you, how can I love somebody outside and I'm not loving the person that's mm-hmm. on the inside? Mm-hmm. That That's me being untruthful, you know, to myself. So no matter what the challenges are. Right. I get, that's where the love has got to start. How can I love you? Yeah. How can I love you more? Because if I can love you, especially when I live with you and we both have our faults, I should be able to live with anybody, right? Authentically, yeah. Not because I want to be nice to you. I want you to be nice to me, right? But I want it to be authentic. This right. is I want it to be genuine, yeah. And you know, from as long as I remember as a kid, and I remember these two things that were parallel in my life. I can remember far back as maybe five or six years old. There was that good side of me that always wanted to be able, like. I want to be able to give people everything, you know, like I, that was like, my heart was like, I want to give everything. And then that was on the other side of me. That was that little mean street. Okay. That was like really, really mean. And I used to, it was like, I could feel the fight between the two. Right. And I do remember asking God, take that away from me. Take that away from me. And, you know, as we grow, we grow in grace. It never happens overnight. It's always a process. You think that you you got over one thing, I've done this, and, you know, like, you like to pat yourself on the back, but you're still growing, and the more you grow, the more you know, the more you learn about yourself, and the things that you do, because we are such selfish beings, Mm -hmm. we're, we know, like, we have so much pride, and it's a process to kind of let that stuff go, it, because, like, at the end of the day, what's, what does it matter, you know, like, Never, because my husband eats his socks on the floor, right? Right. It agitates me, but it—it's a pair of socks that's on the floor, and you know what, Maxine, you can go and pick them up if it bothers you that much. And those are the things that you know that I've learned and that I continue to. They're hard for me, but and I tell them all the time. I said, I know I get on your nerves. I I know I get on nerves. My husband is a really, really quiet guy. Okay. 
she doesn't say anything. You know, I'm the one that's like, I don't know, I right. don't know, why, why you do that? Right, right, right. Why you do that? Why you do that? Right. And I know that it's nerve wracking because my mom used to be a nag and I used to didn't like it at all. Right. And I catch myself doing it. And so I'm, you know, like I ask God to, to change me, change my heart. Oh God. And I can feel the tenderness, you know, the things that used to bother me so much that I thought, well, just how could you do this? I find that they don't, they're not there anymore. I don't have the heart for them. I remember I used to argue with the kids about the dishes. And one day I told them, I said, when you all clean the kitchen, it lets me know you love me. Mm -hmm. I love when the kitchen is clean. Right. Yes. Yeah. And it's the I know. And you know what? It's, it's sometimes it's all the conversation. Huh. It's the conversation. Nobody knows. We don't, we don't speak up about the things. We kind of hold them in because that's a way for us to keep the anger on the inside of us. Instead of recognizing that, hey, maybe this person doesn't even realize what's going on. Right. You know, like, turn turn that loose. Be 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 real. That's that's anger. That anger starts to build. Then you get angry about something else, and then it just builds on and builds on and builds on. And it also works the other way because when I start to be kind and I find things to be kind about, I become kinder and kinder. And it's a. I always say it's a life is a practice. Practice, I used to say it makes perfect, but you know what practice makes? It makes it permanent. Practice makes permanent. Because I heard that. Practice makes permanent. Because what you per practice, you know, really, look at you. Look how beautiful you are. This isn't that you just got up this morning and said, oh, man, I'm, you know, like, I fixed my hair. I mean, yeah, we don't wake up like that. got to work on it. Every day we have to work. Some days are better than other days, but that's okay too. As long as you get a little something in each and every day that's working toward it. How do you, do you begin to break down the negative false beliefs that you have about yourself? Prayer. 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 Prayer and getting in that word. Prayer. Okay. Over and over. So over. just keep praying. Just keep on praying. So that's what I'm keep doing. I'm yeah. praying and I'm writing, writing, writing it down. Just you know, it it that's what you know changes it. You know, I had a I had a um, injury, so the right side doesn't work as close to the left side, and you know I get embarrassed about it, and I feel like inadequate, but. The only way that it works as well as it works is because I have to practice every day. I have to do something to what making it feel better. And then so when I don't feel good about it, like I can get in a slump. But if I start to pray and I start, you know, looking toward God, it takes my mind completely off. Okay. And and it's prayer changes everything. Okay. My mom used to say this thing, pray, pray, pray. It's the only way. It really is the only way. It's the only way. It's the it only, only way. It's the only way. We can pray. We can, you can pray yourself out of anything. I ain't know y'all. I didn't know. I was just obedient. I'm just telling you, I did not know. I was just obedient. That's what it's all about. It's all about obedience. Yep. And realizing too. Y'all, Miss Macy is 77, and her right side worked better than my left, right, top, bottom, front side, the back side, inside and outside. I just want y'all to know. Oh, see that? Did you know how, like, I, I've been, you know, like, I read over it, and I go, and it's like, but you still can get And there's, there are things that I have determined that I don't want to do. Okay. I don't want to go to the airport and get in the wheelchair. Because okay. I have these two legs. Mm -hmm. And I can, when they call, first call for babies and people who need a little bit more time, uh -huh. I just take my time and I get up and I go. So I don't have to really wait in line. That's okay. I, there, you know, God, he makes a way for everything. I don't have to have a cane. I don't want to have a cane. Okay. Because I didn't come here with a cane. Right. So why should I leave here with a cane? I came here, flat on my back. I had to figure out how to roll over. I had to figure out how to get on my knees. 
get from my knees to my feet. Look how many times I fell. But I didn't give up. I kept on. If I didn't keep on, if I had not kept on going, you would be looking at me, crawling on the floor, thinking like, what is wrong? So like I came, that's why I'm going back. But I'm going to go, I'm going to continue to fight because of that. He's given me, yeah. He's given me, he's, he gives us the strength to do any and everything that we need to do. And everything that we want to do. We have a strength for it. My God. So you, you know, like every day you just get up and you keep on going, keep on going. I mean, there's this meaning, you know, I've gone through periods in my life where I didn't want to do nothing. But I just wanted to give up. Oh, my but I don't want to give up. I know that he brings you back. And and there's there's seasons of that. There's yes. seasons where you absolutely sometimes you just don't want to. But the other thing I recognize is when those seasons come and pass, it's because you will get ready to hit something, something else. else. Yeah, really get ready yes. to hit something else. Yes, yes. And you think even with this podcast, I thought it was gonna do this, and I was on here. I was really like nice and smooth, mm-hmm. and I realized I knew where I was going here, and I know what's coming. Right, but I had to do that. That yes, yeah, and I did that, and yeah. that's not good. Everybody can't handle that. Yeah, now I'm not one to really be concerned about what everybody else can't handle, but right. just saying. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, if you're gonna suffer, how can you? You have to go through the suffering in order to be able to, to 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 know what it feels like when you get to the other side. Yes. So you gotta go. You gotta know. You know, like, hey, I had to pick up. I didn't want to pick up and leave. You know, like I I I wanted to stay there and have a marriage, but this man was in the process of thinking about killing me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And as much as it hurt me, look how much it helped. Right. The worst thing yeah. in my life created the best. Best things, absolutely. Yes. For all of us. Yes. I mean, I'm sure when your husband passed, that must have been like, I can't even imagine. Oh, man. That definitely created the best for me. I can't imagine. All that, that definitely created it. Yeah. And, those- and look at the smile that you have on your face now when you say it, you know, like, you know, you probably went through months and years of depression and hurt. And, and I remember your story. I remember you sharing your story. God is so amazing. He is. All I can say is just God is so amazing. And I think him because he gave me, he's given me a, a mind mm-hmm. that I remember people's stories. I love stories. Okay. And I love sharing stories. And I love talking about people's testimonies. Right. Because to me, it just. It brings life to me, yeah. especially when I can share your story to somebody else. Yeah. It brings life. Because that's what they're for. Yes, they are. God did not give me my experience just for me. No, he did. He, did. he didn't give you your experience just for you. He did. He gave them so that we can have conversation to help one another. Exactly. This is not like I tell everybody, there. the world is waiting for your story. Mm. When are you going to share it? So we have to shift gears, yes, because you still have to show the how you got into fitness and bodybuilding and what you have done with your body and what the body is possible of doing and what can we be doing in our forties and our fifties to preserve our The truth is, we already know. Okay. So I was um, mentoring some young girls. The, the youngest was probably about five, five, six, five, all the way up to 18. And so we were sitting down, we were having a conversation, and um, the five-year-old says, I eat too much, and I eat too much sweet stuff, and I know I eat too much, and it does not make me feel good. Five years old. Every one of us, we already know. Well, it's about what are we now? Like that. Always been athletic, and I didn't know it. I from a from a really young girl. And then that's that's God's gift to me. Okay, I was always athletic. I didn't know that I was athletic. I didn't know what that was. And at five years old, I had a basketball 
and I used to sneak on the playground because it was off limits on Sunday and I couldn't play during the week because the big boys were on and they were surely off. So Sunday was the day that I would take my basketball, go on the court. It was prohibited because um, we had a an officer. He was a Cuban guy. His name was Mandy in our neighborhood. If you caught you on the basketball court, mm-hmm. oh, man, I don't know what you do, but everybody was a scared. You know, I didn't. But I wanted to play basketball. And so I would take my basketball. It would be hot as I don't know what. And I would be out there just shooting. So one Sunday, out of the side of my eye, I see Manny driving slowly up to the basketball court. I picked up my ball and I started to run and he started to chase me. And I ran, our, we lived in, there were old barracks, but they allowed black people to rent the barracks out. Okay. So I ran through, I didn't have to go across the street or anything. I ran around the playground into the barracks where we live, mm-hmm. and I ran underneath the house. Mm-hmm. This guy's looking for me. He's, I could hear him. So now I'm, I have outrun a grown man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I stay under that house for about an hour because he's asking neighbors. I could hear him like, you right, right. He never found me. That was the. That's when I realized that, you know, like there was something going on there, but I didn't know exactly what it was. Right. And so I started playing basketball, then I played tennis, and then I, I went to school with the with the intention that I was going to be a doctor. Okay. And like after my second year, I realized this is not really what I wanted to do, because I was spending all of my time in the gym. I went to FAMU, and at that time, Jake Gaither, who was like the winningest football coach coach in the nation. I worked for him and his assistant coach, who, who was Pete Griffith. Okay. And so I, I was home. I was comfortable. And so I that's where I spent all my time. You know, like I would get bicycles and ride. I would just be by myself and I would just, you know, like work out. And, and I tried to get all my friends to go work out. And they were like, mm, doing that. <laughs> but that was not their journey. That was my journey. And that was God's gift. And so I really had no intentions of actually going into bodybuilding okay. at all. And I'm here in Atlanta. I came I came here in 2001 for a 30-day uh, deployment because I worked for the federal government. Okay. And, of course, that lasted until 2016 okay. when I retired, right? And everywhere I go, I would always go to the gym, just go to the gym and just will be working out. And I was at the gym. And this older guy, he was, at that time, he was like 75. Okay. But he was still competing. He was in good shape. He's an older white guy, right? And at first, I thought he was just being fresh, right? And he kept, kept saying, you know, like, you should consider competing. And I'm like, no. And he kept on. And one day, he said to me, you know what? I'm not going to ask you anymore because I know you're not going to do it. But this is something that you really should consider to do. But I know you ain't going to do it. And when he walked away, I thought to myself, who does he think he's talking to? Right. I'm going to show him. And the next day, I went and I got a trainer. And that's how the journey started. And you were how old at this point? I was in my 60s. I was in my early 60s. You started bodybuilding? Yeah. Yeah. You started bodybuilding. I see. You're 60. Because I had played, I kind of played every sport that there was. Over. Put a tongue in what he can do in one day. What he can do in one day. And I just, and so my first show, I was a total flop. I was so upset. I left that show and I was, I was like, what am I going to do? And it took me about two or three days and something says, you know what, you could do this. You got to prove this to yourself that you could actually do it. And I made a determination that I wasn't going to stop until I got a pro car. Okay. And that's that's how I, and I think I was maybe like 67, 68 when I got a pro car. But it took me that long to, you know, to do shows, to continue to work out. And right. Post pictures so y'all can see just how beautiful of a soul thing. That's how I, that's how I got into, and I, you know, like, he's still my friend. You know, like he would come to my shows. And he would bring me flowers, you know. This is a this is a guy. I mean, this is a married guy, but he just he just believed in. Yeah, yeah, just believed. No one. Else. Okay, 
So do you still compete? Try I, I can't. Yeah, yeah. I actually, I competed last year. I have a friend. I, I saw this lady on a magazine uh, 20 years ago. Okay. And I was like, wow, this lady has got it all together. And so I, it took me about 10 years before I reached out to her. So I finally reached out to her. We became best friends. We work out together. Okay. Um, she does a show. She's 70, 77. She's 76. She does. She's been doing a bodybuilding show for over 10 years. And so I try to do that show every year. I don't think I'm going to do it this year. And the reason being because I have not invested in eating like I should be eating and working out because I just kind of like been back and forth here. But usually I'll just get in the zone. Last year, I was, you know, I was determined I was going to do the show. I did the show. Had a great time. I'll probably go to her show this year and support her, but I probably won't do it this year because I'm not ready. You know, I, I, mentally I'm not ready to get it to get it done. But I, yeah, I, yeah, I work out. at like I tell you, I have that injury. I have to get up every. Listen, my eight wakes me up every morning and says, "You gotta work it out. You gotta do this. You, you know, like it's when you're hurting the most. That's when you have." That's when your body tells you no, or your mental tells you no. But your body is saying, this is what you, and you have to do it. And everybody has something that they can do that will alleviate any discomfort that you have. And you know what it is. Okay. It's just a matter of doing it. Like, do, do you do it? Okay. You know, I'm, I'm not running, and I want to run. That's, that's. That's the gift that I'm asking God, that I'll be able to run, walk, run, skip, hop, jump, slide, squat, leap, and do all those things that I've done in the past, as well as, you know, to continue to maintain my body. So, Ms. Manson, yeah, I asked you what are those things we need to do, and you said we already know. Yeah. Can you tell me seven things we already know? We know. We know that the things that we eat that don't make us feel good. We know the things that we eat that don't make us feel good. Yes. You know, and so we need to eliminate them. And and by eliminating does not mean that you can't have that thing. There is a substitute that you can have that's just as good. Yes, ma'am. Find the substitute. Yes. Okay. Because dairy is not good for me. But coconut is. So there's coconut milk. There's coconut water. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um I don't digest beef. I know that I, yeah, I've learned that a long time ago. So I knew I had to let it go. I mean, I would love to have a great hamburger. I don't, right now I don't crave one anymore, but you know, there were times when I thought the hamburger was the best thing or a hot dog was the best. I eat a hot dog and it feels like something's just bubble plastic up. So. Mariah has not been able to eat a hot dog since a little girl. Yeah. Yeah. So. Those are the other things, the changes that we make. Um, there are certain, even certain vegetables so well for me. I don't eat corn. I try not to eat corn. Because when I eat corn, it comes out just like it goes in. It's not, I mean, I like the taste of it. Yeah, it is not digest the system. Yeah. Okay. So that's eating and drinking the things that we know that are good for us you know and what most people do is they will defy it and not be obedient that's not being obedient to your body right. and you just go ahead and you and you do yes, right. okay. so we know we have to exercise movement is the key yes, think about all the things that are inside your body all your organs from your eyes your hair they work on the inside mm-hmm. but they're continually working your hair is continually glowing it doesn't stop glowing it's moving. Every cell in your body is continuing to move. Your heart is beating as we speak. You have no control over it, but it's beat. It's working. If it stops working, you are dead. Everything inside of your body continues to move. Yeah, your your eyes would not be moving like this if there was not something in there that was making it make that motion. Your brain doesn't work just by sitting still. Your hypothalamus, that's, you know, that's the heartbeat of you. It's always working. So that means that we always got to move. And we have to, regardless of how we feel, 
we got to do it. Most people stop because they don't feel good. But if you do it, then you feel better. Yeah. You got to press through it. You got to go through it. You do it for so long. Yeah. And it, you don't even feel the hurt anymore because now, now you're breathing. And because you're breathing right, you've relaxed the muscles. You've relaxed all the nerves. Everything is just, it's coming to that calm place where it's supposed to be. Okay. All of the time. Okay. Okay. All right. Okay. So, the, mainly, you know, yeah. what we yeah. eat and our movement, okay? And then our, our, our mental state of being, like, what are you thinking about? What are we, what are we processing? What are, you know, like, our, our minds never, when do you, not think about something. Thank you. All of us. Always. But are we controlling that? How do we control? We we have the control over it. Are we controlling about what we're thinking? Sometimes, like, if I have a negative emotional shift, I will, okay, what was the thing that shifted my emotions and get very conscious about it so I can release it and move forward because I don't like having negative emotions. Um, and what does that mean for you? It resets me and it brings me back to my place. Every um, we reset that we every every thought. Remember, we want to make every thought a prayer. Think about making every thought a prayer. You're not gonna be, you know, we're human, so we're not gonna be. You're never gonna be a hundred percent there. But every thought should be a prayer. If every thought was a prayer. What would our mental state of be? What would we think about our neighbors? What would we think about somebody if? They cut us off in the street. What would we think about somebody that we look at and we make us an assumption that who they are and they're not about if it was a break? God, I know. I know. And we're all guilty. But it goes back to practice makes permanent. You do these things over and over and over. I mean, we, you could, you spend, I can, we spend our whole day. If we spend our whole day eating the things that we should be eating, drinking what we should be drinking, Right? Making our thoughts prayers. Making our thoughts prayers. Making sure we've got that movement in every day. And just being grateful. Wanting to get sick. If it's it's so it's hard giving. He's so it's so simple. It's nothing it's nothing complicated. But it's not anything because we have those remember I told you we have these two things that are working for us. Right. That stuff that we want to do that, you know, like we want to be the good that's what we really, really, really but sometimes we get on that other track mm-hmm. and those negative thoughts, they turn into more negative things. They turn into us doing things that we should not be doing. Mm-hmm. That's another practice. And that practice makes permanent too. So which practice do we want to have? Which practice is going to bring us the joy? Which practice is going to bring us the health? Which practice is going to bring us the the life that we want, the, the serenity? The wholeness, the habit. Which practice do we have? <sighs> okay. So I don't have seven for you, but <laughs> you don't need seven. You don't need seven when you come like that. You just I mean, just get from doing the spirit of walk away. Got out the front and again. If we just get through that, right? Yeah. Everything else pretty much falls. Yeah. Okay. That's what he put on my heart. You, it wasn't me. So we are going to sign off. I oh, before we go, I want to share share the book. Um, yes, 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 yes. Sign for y'all. Sign it right here on air. All right, we're gonna sign it on air. And while you do that, so that is living life to the max. I told y'all. You see that living life to the max. All night long. Living life to the max. How I do so, and you can too. Maxine Maxinator Frederick. There is so much that we can do. There's so much that we can be putting our all into. Uh, so much for us to put our love and our body and our spirits into. Plan, I thank you. 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 Uh, all my heart. All my love. Anything else you want to share with the listeners? I do um, Zooms okay. with people. So that they can share their story. So I would love to have you share your story. I would love you, anybody in your audience that wants to share their story. I would love for them to share their story as well. Because what I say is that um, 
The world's waiting on our testimony. Mm-hmm. It's waiting for us to share. And that's what God put us here for. And we've had that conversation today. Yes. Let's give it to him. Yes. Yes. All right. Um, so you can catch She's Free to Fly on Apple, Spotify, YouTube. And I will end by saying I pray that you receive our love. I pray that you feel God's grace. And I pray that you share with others. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.